You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good evening. Welcome to Love Logical DNA Not Required. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you live from Podcast Detroit Royal Oak Studios. We are looking forward to intriguing and entertaining you every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let me start today's show by saying thank you for joining our family, which is biological by nature, love logical by choice, DNA not required. Well, good evening. Today is Tuesday. You know what that means. I have a special guest for you guys today. Before we get started here with Denine TB, I would like to share that I have had a very interesting week. And Deneen TB actually helped last week become very, very peaceful. She helped to de-stress me. And just having her here, she has a very calming spirit about herself. So today's show is going to be dedicated to my love logical women, the moms, the daughters, and the wives. You know, of our, our, all of our love logicals because Deneen has a business that helps women grow within themselves, learn about themselves. And I want to start off by saying that last week, as I'm, I've told you guys, we went to the Capuchin retreat and in Washington, Michigan. I did not know that this place existed, but it was amazing. It was so peaceful and beautiful, and we're going to talk about it more today. But I just had to start off by letting you know that, yes, you are going to be able to find that peace within you. And before the end of the broadcast, you're going to say, okay, I need to get to know Deneen TB because I need some peace in my life. So let me introduce you to Deneen TB. Thank you so much, Michelle, for allowing me to be here today. I am so excited to have this conversation with you and to see and really dig down into what it means to be love logical and how it applies to me. Yes, it applies. I will tell you how it applies to you before we even get started talking about your love logical. Okay, that may help. <laughs> okay. Love logical applies to you because you have a business where you you open up your heart to all of the women that's in your business. Everything you do is done with love, and you treat all of us as if we're family. Well, you know, I truly believe that in order to really help people, that's what you need to do. You need mm -hmm. to dig down, and that God really calls us to be in relationship with one another, and sometimes that means that it can get messy, Yeah, but we have to be willing to work through that. Um, we have to be willing to have the hard conversations. We mm -hmm. have to be willing to celebrate with one another and not have the jealousy. So for me, my women's group and the women that I work with and the women who are my friends and who I take on quiet retreat, they're all the people that I want in my life because mm -hmm. I really believe that God has ordained that from the foundation of the world that they would be in my life, yes. whether I'm working with them or they're related to me or not. <laughs> Okay, so but the thing is, those who are not related, the non the DNA not required, the non biological within you, you treat them like they're what? Yeah, like they're family. All right. 
true. It's true. You treat them like their family. Because really, I think that sometimes even we can um, treat them better than we treat our family. And I mm-hmm. think that, that we do a disservice to, to the biological family sometimes because we tend to treat our friends better sometimes. And so we have to have that great balance of how are we treating every person that comes in front of yes, us? Yes. And who are we making sure that we're not taking advantage of someone because there is maybe a biological thing. Yes. Oh, I'm stuck with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any choice. I can choose these other people. But we have to go back and say, I choose my family as well. Yeah, but some people don't have that biological family. Mm-hmm. So they only have their love logical family. That is true. Yeah. When you look at the fact, okay, this past Sunday, Love Logical had hair for dance, barbershop talks at the Methodist Children's Home Society Mm -hmm. in Redford, Michigan. We had 50 boys there, 50 boys that needed haircuts. Wow. So we took barbers in Mm -hmm. and we also had mentors and educators that came in to talk to them because we had a captive audience. Right. Yeah. So we separated those 50 boys. We went from five to 11 and mature 11 up to 18. And a lot of these children, they don't have family. Mm -hmm. Some of them do have family visits, but the majority of them did not have family. They're waiting to be adopted. Okay. Or they're wards of the state. Mm. So to go in there. We we gave them love logical. Right. We gave right. them love logical. I know I love the fact that you can just wrap yourself really around these boys and have them know that there are people out there that really care about them as people mm-hmm. and they don't have to be in their life every single day, but you can give them that glimpse and that hope mm-hmm. that if this person can come and do this for me, imagine the person that's going to take me into their family, whether I adopt them or they foster them, that there is hope. And I think that's really what, what Love Logical has been showing me. And mm-hmm. I think that's what it instills in others. Yes. We had a mentoring relationship that started right there. We all saw it because one of the young men actually got upset because it was time for him to take his medication. So the, the worker there, told him to come on so he could go take his medicine. He didn't want to leave. He was so engaged in the program, he didn't want to leave. So he got very angry. Right. And he got hostile. And one of the gentlemen there, um, J-Mo, J-Mo Shabazz, he actually pulled him aside and started talking to him. And the young man listened to him. The hostility went away. He had a man that was giving him the attention and telling him the right thing to do. He went to take his medication and he came back. And as we were breaking for lunch, he said, excuse me, I have something to say. And he stood in the middle of our circle. We had everyone in a circle as we talked to them. And he apologized for his actions. Wow. See, look, you're just making them stand up and be the people that they need to be. Yes. And teaching them in such a way. Because really... They can't help it. If you don't have someone in your life Mm -hmm. that's willing to do that, take that time and really explain and do all those things, whether they're related to them or not, that's when they learn and that's when they become part of this fabric of society, this fabric of, of life and knowing how to build those types of relationships. Yes. I would like to actually 
ask people to reach out. You know, there's so many different foster agencies Mm -hmm. where children are waiting to be adopted and children are waiting for homes. But these children also could have mentors. Mm -hmm. That's just just taking them and spending time with them, even if it's one day a month, as long as it's consistent, Mm -hmm. it makes a big difference. And I see that with you, with growth from your overflow. You have consistency. You're always there. We can pick up the phone and call you. You know, I went to church with you, <laughs> you know, and it just it, it makes a difference in the lives of the women who are around you. All of us have families, but we are a love logical unit. Mm-hmm. You know, when we all get together. Right. Because we share stories. We share troubles. It's a lot of things that come out of it. We embrace and empower each other. And this is something that you've done. Well, thank you. I know I, you know, for me, the journey was kind of, uh, I kind of fell into it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, for many years, I was a teacher. And when my children were younger um, and going into school, I decided that I was going to homeschool. So I started doing some part-time work, but I was still teaching. But as my girls got older, I really didn't want to do teaching anymore. And so I I tried to go back to the classroom. I was like, I'll go back to the real classroom, you know, real school. And I lasted in that job for two weeks. And okay. I remember <laughs> I remember coming home and I'm like, you know how you do that, like driving and you're yelling at God. I mean, praying with God. Mm-hmm. And I almost like this was like hardly ever happens to me, but I almost audibly heard God say, well, your sister is doing this direct selling company. And I was like, so I'm like <laughs> literally said so out loud. And um God wrestled with me for about four months. And so it was a Christian company. It was, um, it's called Mary and Martha now. And, um, it's out of day spring cards and gifts. And it took me about four months and I finally succumbed to what God was telling me to do. But I started in this and about a year in, I was like, you know, Lord, I'm really tired of going to all these parties and all these women and saying, well, can I call my husband so I can spend $40? Mm-hmm. I said, who has, who has money? Oh, business women have money. They have their own money, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to find Christian business women. Well, that brilliant idea that God put into my head and my heart for me to make more money was actually his first step for me to go into working with Christian business women. Okay. Okay. That was what happened. So okay. I didn't know anything about business. So I learned everything I could. I rose very high in the company and, um, Started the networking group so that I could find these Christian business women, serve them, and also sell to them. So it was a business strategy. But over the last seven years that I've had the group, and now we have our group in Auburn Hills, we also have another group that we started about a year and a half ago in um, Southfield. It has really been a journey now traveling with these women, with you, you're mm-hmm. part of the group, and in helping them, listening to them and helping them understand about the things that they need, that they need. Like I found that there was a lot of guilt around mm-hmm. they're so busy and they don't have time to do the things that they think they quote unquote should do in order to serve God. And I really started to see that I had some answers for them. Mm-hmm. I had some ways for them to really be free to serve God the way that he wants them to serve them in the marketplace. So of course, if you're telling someone 
that they're allowed to get things off their plate mm-hmm. and they're allowed to take the guilt away, you better be in a relationship with them that gives you the authority to be able to say that and they take that and say, yes, I believe that. <laughs> you know, that, that is true. That is true. But at the same time, I think that the way that you deliver it is is delivered with love. Mm-hmm. It's it's delivered with with emotion, and a lot of people. And let me explain to you to 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 my audience. It's not delivered as if she's giving us a sermon or anything like that. She's literally talking to us, and we talk to each other. She requests feedback, and she welcomes feedback. And I think that that's is it is your ministry. Mm. But you're you're not preaching it to us. No. You're sharing with us. And really what what we do, I mean, it comes out of the lessons that, that God has taught me. And because I wasn't a business person, the first thing I said was in, in education, I don't think any women ever liked me because I was very different. And then I came to business women and I'm like, they have the same brain that yeah. I have. <laughs> Where have these women been all my life? I, they're, they're wonderful. They're amazing kind of thing. And I'm just like, God, why did I, why was I in teaching first? And I realized, because I do teach pretty yes. well. Oh, you do. So, you you are a teacher. I have to give you that. You're a teacher. Yeah. So now I just shifted from being with kids to being with adult women. And and so I know that. But I found like my tribe. I found my group and, and the way that their brains work. And, and now I can see that, I mean, I can love on these women because – they're not afraid of me. Mm-hmm. They're not intimidated by me. They're willing to say things back to me, which is great yes, in a relationship. Yes. I don't want to be in a place where everybody's just a yes man all the time. I need that honesty, that openness, because I, I want to give it to you. So I want to, I require it. You're getting it back. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. You're getting it back. And it makes a difference because, okay, we had a clarity retreat. Mm. Back in January mm-hmm. at the Red Poppy, and you guys met the owners of the Red Poppy Inn back in um, January, and it was it was a very inspirational retreat. You know, we made our vision boards for 2019. We talked. We took tests <laughs> or quizzes to learn more about who we are. Mm-hmm. And as far as who we are as as people, but who we are as business owners as well. And we also had those those open conversations right. about life. And it there was so much there that we shared with each other mm-hmm. that it was it was really nice to go. And you have taught me that I have to sometimes I need to shut down and take time for me because I'm always there, always going, always doing, and that I have to open up and let other people in more. And those of you who don't know me, yes, I have Love Logical, DNA not required, but I appear to be extremely extroverted, but there is truly an introvert inside of me. <laughs> I call it being a social introvert because I, too, am a social introvert. Yes. Need those times away to just unplug. And 
I don't know about you, but when I'm with people, I get so overstimulated mm-hmm. that I have to – it takes so, such a long time to go home and decompress from all of that. And it's interesting that you said that about the clarity retreat and mm-hmm. going on the quiet retreat. It's part of what I use as um, – my uh, my spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines. I know people don't like disciplines as a word, but spiritual practices, I have eight of them that I follow. And one of them is called creative silence and solitude. So really taking that quiet retreat every quarter is when I get to have the strategy session with God, with my CEO, the chief everything officer, right? I get to have that strategy session because every day our time with God can be very short. It's just a check-in kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But we need some extended time. And that's what's great about even like the clarity retreat that we did in in January. It's like, let's set the whole year right with God. And then let's do this longer check-in strategy at the end of March, like we mm-hmm. did here and at the end of the quarter, so that we can now see how did we do this quarter? How can we plan for the next quarter? What does God want for us? And then so, so I think it's, it's a very good spiritual practice. It's something that, um, that we don't always do. We always know about, we should be praying, we should be reading our Bible, we should go to worship, you know, we should serve. But we forget that there are other spiritual practices like this creative silence and solitude, fasting, journaling is one of them. And so it, there's, there's so much, and Sabbath, I always forget which one of them when I talk about the eight, and Sabbath. And so these are all things that I do every single day. And when I started, um, Grow From Your Overflow, my company, that's the, what I started with. I started with um, a personalized faith plan because coming from education, I was really good at understanding a learner and understanding their style and what they needed and things like that. So I applied that to our spiritual practices. And I said, how can I help women to really understand how God's created them, Mm -hmm. how he's designed them to best do, like what is their best way to do Bible study, best way to pray and things like that? Because if you know, if you are interested in it, if it's not boring, if it's not something that's too hard, then you're going to do it more consistently. Correct. And so in our faith communities, lots of times we learn how to pray and read the Bible, but it never clicks with us. It ne- and so I knew, I know for me for years, I thought I was the worst prayer in the world. I thought I'm never going to be like my grandmother. I'm never going to be like, you know, the people I see at church. I'm not going to do this or that. My brain goes in 50 directions. But I found a technique that I now teach that is perfect for me. And I actually think it's perfect for everyone. <laughs> but you have to find your actual you way to do way. it yes. inside of that. I was writing it today. So that's why it's fresh in my mind. But you have to it, – it's a way – you know, I'm a nerd, kind of a nerd too. So it's, it's, it has to do with brain research and the brain slows down when your hands are engaged. So it's all about praying in color. So it's all about that engagement, slowing that brain down. Like you said, taking yeah, that the time doodling. away. Yes, right. the doodling. Taking yes, we that talked time about that away too. so that you can actually hear what God wants to say to you or what he's impressing on you or think through something without 20 distractions mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. And one of the things that we talked about um, as prior to starting our quiet retreat is Deneen was saying, how many of you doodle? And I'm not a doodler. That's one thing that I've never really been a doodler. So she was basically saying, try it. 
Try doodling because when you, some people do swirls, some people draw little people, some people make trees. Because, of course, I had to go online and research, you know, the different ways that people doodle. And she was saying that to sit down and color in a coloring book provides you an excellent way to slow your brain down so that you can refocus and think. And I want to share with you guys that it does work. So this is something that we can share with our children. Mm -hmm. Share with your children. And my Love Logical families, sit down with your Love Logical kids and color with them. Yeah. Imagine the bond that you're going to, to build because as you're coloring, both of you are kind of slowing down your brain. And imagine the, the level of conversation that you can have. With just that engagement alone. Exactly. I think it's a great way to to break down or at least push down some walls. And like you said, have a great conversation because they you do get relaxed. Your brain does slow down. It's it's it, that's clinical. I mean, that's stuff mm -hmm. that's been studied. And so it allows for you to slow down long enough to even hear what you're thinking. Yes. And you can have a great conversation. You can have like questions that you can only ask them because you're going to be able to have a two-way conversation. They're not going to be as guarded yes. and you'll be able to get to know them better. Definitely. And that makes a big difference. It mm -hmm. makes a big difference. And I know that when you're, when you're coming into a love logical relationship, I'm sure there's many thoughts of how can I cultivate this relationship? And that's one thing that, I really don't have a difficult time cultivating relationships when it comes to children and the programs and things, but I do have a hard time cultivating relationships with other adults, mm. you know, and I think that part of it is I've moved a lot mm -hmm. and, you know, I've, I've, you know, you come and you go and you meet people and then you move to different places and things like that. And those, those bonds they they're still there, but it's not as strong as it was when you were in the same place. Oh, that's so true. I yes. mean, one of the things that I've been working on, too, is um, finding your way to journal. And one of the journal activities or ideas that I give people is called a faraway friendship. And it's because we are so mobile today. It's hard to maintain even with email and zoom and skype and facebook and it's still they're not there in that every day right. like i need some help right now they're not there but imagine if you if you really did have a friend and they did move away and you really wanted to keep that connection i talk about a journal between the two of you sharing ideas and secrets and love and things like that and sending it physically sending it back and forth in the mail i've never heard of that i love it yeah because then you have all these things that you're sharing about your life and what's going on and then if you actually do get together you have something that you can like open up and what a precious gift to be able to just open up and say, oh, do you remember when this happened? Yes. And it's all recorded because you all put your feelings and your thoughts into that. I love it. <laughs>
All right. Don't get offended, anybody. But I'm about to say, okay, Markeisha, that sounds like something that me, you and Carla would probably do. And Jan, you know who you are. I can see me and you doing something like that. You know, that's an awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, because I mean, can you imagine you send it back and forth in the mail and then you just have to write a little page about what's going on or how you're feeling or pouring out your heart it depends on the level of friendship you have. If it's one of those friends that is like, you know, a soul sister that you can just pour out like. Like, this is all my frustration. But then you have other friends that are, let me just have all these happy times mm-hmm. with and remember and those kinds of things. So I I think it's an intriguing, I haven't done it before. I love but it But I think it's very intriguing. And, and I know it's something that um, people, a lot of people think, oh, I'm not a journaler. I can't journal. That's because they have like this one idea of what journaling is about that I have to write out all my stuff. They could draw a picture. Yeah, that my journal is a lot of pictures. And it's a, a lot, lot of, of pictures in her journal. <laughs> and, and, and it has lists. And, I mean, sometimes it looks like a bullet journal. Sometimes it looks like a journal journal, your classic journal. Sometimes it's just words. And sometimes it's just like this morning I was praying in my journal and all I put was God, you are. And then I put the all the letters of the alphabet and I tried to fill in all the letters of the alphabet with a word or two. Some had more than one word. Some had three. But then I was like, I think I put it on Instagram. I was like, can anybody help me? I don't have left words for X, Y, or Z. (laughs) (laughs) So it's always fun to do something different in your journal. Um, Me, and I don't know if anyone out there knows about their Myers-Briggs, but um, I'm an intuitive. So I need change. I can't do something the same way every day. I Mm -hmm. will get bored very Mm -hmm. easily. So I'm always changing up what I'm doing. And that's okay. It's not like you can have one way to do your devotions with God every morning or one way to write and pray in your journal, you know, mix it up. You know, God made you this way. Celebrate it. (laughs) Tell them what the Myers-Briggs is. So the Myers-Briggs is a test that um, tests you and puts you into one of 16 categories. Um, So you're either an extrovert or introvert. You're either sensing or intuitive. You're either thinking or feeling. Mm -hmm. And you're either judging or perceiving. So extroverted. Now, I use one for my um, Calling Clarity course. That is a free version, but it gives me the percentages because an extrovert who is 1% extroverted like me Mm -hmm. compared to someone who's a 78% extrovert is a very different type of extrovert. Um, sensing and intuitive means that a sensing person needs like tactile stuff. Like they love to light the candles and have the, you know, the sense going and, and that really puts them in the mood. They have their favorite spot where they do their thing. An intuitive person literally needs change, mm-hmm. is more creative and just needs to be keep going. The thinking versus a feeling, that's pretty obvious. Um, but a thinking person approaches their Bible reading differently than a feeling person. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, they want all the, the details of the Bible. Whereas the feeling person wants to know what are the relationships between the people and how does it relate to me and all that. Mm-hmm. And then a judging perceiving. It doesn't mean you judge people. I think right. a lot of time people think, oh, that means I judge people. No. no. It means that's the way you make choices and decisions. You, you put it through a filter of, of like, how can I, the details, whereas a perceiving person gets that 
overwhelming gut feeling. You know, it's, it goes along sometimes with their intuition, but they get that they're seeing what really is. And it's not that behind the scenes kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. And I love all the assessments that, that I give the women that I work with because it gives me a layer upon layer upon layer. It's like I can peel all these onion pieces back and see all the parts of them, whether we're taking an assessment for Myers-Briggs with personality or the DISC, which is more of a business personality thing, or if we're doing something more like what is our preference for how we do church. I have a spiritual preference Mm -hmm. or your spiritual gifts and how they relate to your strengths and strength finders and then how that all relates to your multiple intelligences. Mm -hmm. And so I've done enough assessments. I've done enough personalized faith plans now that I've seen the difference. I have women who are both sensing, but one would never go outside, and that wouldn't be the way she communicated mm-hmm. with God. And others are like, "If I got to get outside, it's in order to communicate with God." So yes. they can both I be the same. Yes. I can exactly. do it both places, but I love outside. Yeah. So I mean, it just depends. Somebody can be sensing, but they'd rather like be sitting in the, under their blanket, mm-hmm. in, you know, in their room with the with the diffuser going. That's enough for them. Don't ask them to go out on the trail <laughs> because they'll be like, "I don't want to be outside. Nature scares me." And I I love, love, love nature, trees Mm -hmm. and water and, you know, the birds and everything. I just love nature. And during our quiet retreat, I had a chance to go outside and and just enjoy nature. It was cold, but I didn't even care. (laughs) And watching the deer and run around, I think that we saw like 13, 14 deer out there frolicking and playing, but they were actually playing like um like like children like well like puppies more oh, like puppies i know they were bucking around I know, and they and were chasing each other running around a tree is what got me oh, i've I never know. seen deer crazy. run around a tree chasing each other before uh-huh. but denine's group grow from your overflow Denine, share the analogy of the fountain, please. Okay. Because I love the analogy of the fountain, but you can tell it much better than what I think that I can. Okay. I was just looking at our live thing here. It looks like it's 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 not coming through. We don't have um it's it's blank on online. Yeah. You see you're recording fine? Yeah, everything's okay on my end. Here's what Should it looks like f- on me. Facebook. Problem. Oh, okay. Anyway, I, I was trying to share it because it wasn't coming up before. Okay. okay, so grow from your overflow is really about filling up on good things in your life so that you overflow in a good way. And so I always liken it to a lot of us are very um, spiritually dehydrated. Because of the fact that we have our fountain upside down. Mm-hmm. And I love uh, looking at the three-tiered fountain. Everyone knows what a three-tiered fountain looks like, whether it's big or small. The small cup is at the top because that's where the water starts, whether it's bubbling up from the center. For us, God is filling it up. So it's like kind of coming down. But even when you're reading God's Word, that's kind of the bubbling up. And we fill that top cup. And when you fill the top cup... Only when it's filled, then can it overflow into the second cup. And when I think about the second cup, I think about those things that we're required to do every day, like Mm -hmm. take care of our family. Um, It's our closest friends. A lot of times our, our job is in there because we have to make money to take care of our family and those kinds of things. And then the third um, cup is the biggest cup, but 
it's the bottom and it's the overflow of the other two that starts to fill it up. And that's mm-hmm. where we can think about how we volunteer, how we, you know, give back to the community, all the extra things we sign up for. But you know, we as women, what we do, mm-hmm. we fill up this bottom one. I have to go do this at church. I have to go do this for the community. I have to go do this at the PTA. I've got to go do this, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like having a bunch of spinning plates and we're just trying to keep them all up there, <laughs> spinning, spinning, spinning. Meanwhile, that is so true. The, the, the three-tiered fountain is turned upside down. And what's happening? Everything's falling out. So, one, we're not taking care of the second cup, which is our family and our major responsibilities. And the last person that we're taking care of is ourselves. And guess what? We wring ourselves dry and we have nothing left to give. So instead of growing to be able to overflow in a good way, everybody's just getting the worst part of us. Right. So we have to turn that that fountain back upright. (laughs) And we have to really take care of ourselves first. Flip your fountain. Flip your fountain, guys. Exactly. So, And I'm ready to tell you, stop flipping and stop spinning all these plates and say, okay, what are my plates? And I have three R's and I say, you have to do first what's required of you every day. Like if you feed your kids, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff. Second, you do what gives you a return on your investment. And that can be like love logical. It can be the heart stuff. It could be money. It could Mm -hmm. be whatever is going to give you a return on the investment. Do that. And then the last thing is what rewards you? Something that gives you, you're proud that you did it. You're great that you did it. Those are the three ways to prioritize what you're doing every day. And if something, I always tell people, put a list of all the things you do in your week. See what it fits. Does it fit into the required does it fit into the return on investment? Does it fit into the reward? If it doesn't fit in that, because you have to do the required first. And mm-hmm. I would say put your nutrition and your exercise in the required part. Okay. And then all those other things that you go, oh, they don't really fit into anything or or they cause me like all I think about as I'm going there to do it is I hate doing this. Why am I doing this? I have dread. I'm not having joy. It's probably time to get rid of it. And I say, take it off your plate and flick it. Flick it off your plate. And I, and people are like, that's amazing. And I go, and I'm giving you permission to do it. And if you want, if you need me to talk to anybody, I will do it. <laughs> and and believe, you, believe me, she will. She definitely will. So start flicking, guys. We need to start flicking some of those things off that don't bring us joy. We That's it, what it's happens, true. And what happens is... When you're doing what God asks you to do, when you are doing exactly what he is asking you to do and getting focused and getting all that extra stuff out of your life, because the enemy wants you to be distracted. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not focused, you're not making as big of an impact as you could. And so, therefore, he wants to keep you busy, that busy with why, that word, that that four-letter word that everybody says is, you know, they wear it like a badge or a crown or something. And... You know, everyone says to me, oh, Deneen, you're so busy. And I go, I'm really not busy. I am focused. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. And if I'm not supposed to do it because I'm aligned with God, I've done my quiet retreat. I know where I'm at with him. I know what my job is, what he's called me to do. It's very easy for me to say, no, sorry, I can't do that. Yes. Set your calendars, guys. Um, Book time out for yourself. That is something that is very important. Something that I have had to learn how to do is to book time out for myself to make sure that I get the time to rest mentally 
and to find Michelle time. Definitely and that's true. very, very important to do. Yeah. For me, one of the best things that I do for myself every week, now I try to exercise 30 minutes a day. Um, I do have a nutrition plan that I follow, and it's become a habit. And that's another thing that I mm-hmm. have three R's for mm-hmm. is learning how to do a habit. But when it becomes a habit, it makes it easier. But one of the things that God really put on my plate was are you ready to do a Sabbath? And it's part of my spiritual practices. And I actually take 24 hours off. Now, I have other activities that I do during that time that I actually save for that time. So, so, but there are things that rejuvenate me. There are things that are relaxing to me. Because if you love going water skiing and that's relaxing to you, then go water skiing, you know. But that's not relaxing to me. But, <laughs> you know, whatever it is for you. It's not like I grew up in a household where we weren't allowed to do things on Sundays. We were restricted. We weren't allowed to watch certain television programs. We weren't allowed to play cards. We weren't, we had a lot of rules. It wasn't necessarily that it was rejuvenating, relaxing, or whatever. So I take 24 hours. But, you know, I get an itch about 6 o'clock on Sunday night to get my calendar ready for the week. So I started backing up my Sabbath to Saturday night. So that's why one of that's the That's why reason, you go to church That's on, why I decided Saturdays. to go on Saturday. A couple of reasons, but that was one of them. Okay. And so I start my Sabbath then and do my 24 hours until about 5 or 6, six o'clock on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I spend time with my family. I go to brunch. I, you know, watch movies. The things that get me away. And what I have found is when I am really good at doing that all the time, I approach Mondays and I get so much stuff done because all the creativity is back, all the stuff. Because your brain still works on stuff even if you're not thinking about it. But because you gave yourself a mental break and a physical break because sometimes those those Sabbaths are taking a nap too, you know. And so it just – it helps with the rest of the week. And then you're ready to face the week. You're not drained. That goes back. It makes me think of – Growing up, Sunday drives mm-hmm. with the family. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, it the Sunday dinner, you know, soul food Sunday at some houses, um, su- Sunday dinner family time at other houses. A lot of families had their largest meal on Sundays. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember that was a time. And after you had your meal, you would either veg out or You'd go for a drive. Yep. You go for a walk. You'd sit down, listen to music. You laugh. You talk. Sunday was truly about family time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that we we had a few years ago we had the conversation about bringing back the family dinner table and the conversations and everything. And when you're talking about that that Sabbath, we really need to return to a family and have a day that we devote to family. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know? And it doesn't always have to be Sunday. I always tell people, it's whatever day you can carve out. So if you work on a Sunday, but you have Tuesday off, then maybe Tuesday is your Sabbath. And especially as an entrepreneur, business owner, I always ask the question, so do how much do you trust God with your business mm-hmm. that you can actually take 24 hours off and know that it's still going to be there when you get back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
It's so true. So so if you're if you are a person who works at night or you're a person that has this off shift where Tuesday and Wednesday are your your weekend, you can make the Sabbath be any time that you want. One of the other important things that I do is I basically unplug from social media as well. I mean, on there a do little you? bit. I I post on Instagram every day organically, so I am there in the morning. Okay, um, but I. On Fridays, I do all of my Facebook postings are ready to go so, for the weekend. For yes. the week, and so, so I, for the most part, Sabbath, I am not on social media. I mean, I look like I am, but I'm personally not. I have to keep, I have to keep check on my group because there's a lot of ladies in there that, and if they're listening, <laughs> there's a lot of some ladies in there that women in there who decide that they're going to put. Um, ads inside my group and that's a no-no so I have to I do have to keep on tr- track of that but I'm not one of those people that gets lost in social media there's very specific things I go in for and then get out okay so okay. that's a that's a good thing to note that that's a good thing to learn especially as a business owner how not to get caught up in all the stuff and learn how to use social media truly for your business so that it will enhance it and you're not taking away from it Okay, so I think that we've picked up a lot today, and this is for everyone to learn how to find time for yourself, and all of the things that you've heard today, you can pass those on to your love logicals. Mm-hmm. You could pass those on to your coworkers and your friends and things like that, because the whole goal is to better self but also take what you've learned to help empower others with it, too. Definitely. I mean, and the thing is, is that it, you can bring your best self to the table when you've taken care of yourself. Yes. And that's who you want to present to the world, to your family, to your friends. And you want to not be a different person to all the people outside your home than you are to the people inside your home. They get they deserve the same person, mm-hmm. not the little friendly person you put out here. Let's just be who we are, be authentic, take care of ourselves, and, and really tell people what we need so that we can be our best selves. So did you hear that? We have to tell people what we need in order for us to be our best selves. So for those of you who are, you know, love logical, um, moms coming into a blended family talk to the kids that you are blending with and let them know what you need you know let them know what it's going to take for your relationship to really grow and be cultivated but find the little things to do you know parents who have you know adopted children and they may be a little bit older and they have not grown from infancy in your home you know it's going to take a little bit to teach them how to be themselves, but as well as be a part of your family. But make sure that you teach them how to take care of self as well as be a part of the family. And then do the same for yourselves. You know, you have to learn how to take care of yourselves. And our children learn by watching. And we're going to make mistakes as parents. We're going to make some huge mistakes. We're going to make mistakes as daughters. We're going to make mistakes, you know, as siblings, but that's that's part of being a family. No family is perfect at all. It may seem that way, but on the inside there's there's no perfect family. You know, so your love logicals who are there for you, like like Deneen said, 
realize that you do have your biological family that's there too, that there could be some jealousy there sometimes. Mm -hmm. There could be some jealousy. Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure that you learn the balance Mm -hmm. so that that jealousy is not there. Right. And anyone, if you don't have a family at all, or you feel like you don't have a family, you really do. Just take a look around you. Right. Take a look around you and see who's there for you. I'm sure you have a love logical family, even if it's just that one friend that's been in your life for a long time. That friend is your family. That's the extended part of you. And those who have businesses like Deneen's, you know, that's your extended family and you become an extension of each other. You know, when I leave here tonight, I need to go to the hospital. There's someone very close in my life who had a stroke this weekend. I'm not putting um, details out. I don't really put things like that out on Facebook, but I will ask for prayer. And on my way down, I do have to make one stop because I have my networking group where I'm not able to go on Tuesdays. And I promise that I'll stop by even if it's just for 10 minutes because, you know, I want to make sure that I, I make that stop because I said that I would. Mm -hmm. So we definitely have to look out for our, our love logicals, but we have to make sure that we look out for ourselves because we can't take care of them if we're not taking care of us. And I think that's true about, you know, we're never not, no one of us is going to be perfect all the time, but I think it's in owning up to when we make a mistake and taking responsibility for it and doing that in front of the children that are with us because we're modeling a behavior and an expectation that they'll do the same thing. And yes. so learning how to have, you know, some really, you know, crucial conversations and being willing to admit when you're wrong is so important. And and I love what you said about I have to stop at this one networking group because integrity mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. And, and for me specifically, I know that when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to make like the biggest effort to make sure that it happens because I want to be that woman of integrity. I want people to rely on me. And that's the same with any situation. If, if the, if these children are looking up to you or these, these women are expecting you at the networking group or whatever it is, you've got to be reliable. You've got to show up in your authenticity. You have to show up doing what you said you were going to do so that you build that trust. And they know that you're going to be there for them. Yes, because even with what's happening at the hospital, I've been there at the hospital. So I can take 10 minutes and not feel guilty. The old me would have felt guilty mm-hmm. for taking that 10 minutes. But I've been there. You know, I've been there consistently. Um, my son and my daughter, we've been there consistently. Mm-hmm. So I can take 10 minutes and exactly. not feel guilty about it. Oh, definitely. You know, definitely. I am so at peace with myself. More so than what I had been in a long time. I know when I first met you, I can tell the difference just over the last few months. And and understanding that just opening, I mean, having all of these responsibilities and that it seemed like it was just crazy for you. And I've watched this peace just come over you. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where you're showing up 
for everyone in such a strong way. And I think that's what's important as well is that we don't have to be frazzled. We don't, we could be busy. We could have lots of responsibilities, Mm -hmm. but where are we in the middle of that? Are we taking care of ourselves so that when we do that, we push out peace and we teach other people how to take care of themselves and push out peace for them too. That's what I've been doing. I've been, I've been pushing out that peace Mm -hmm. to those around me. I mean, I had, I had very little peace, Mm -hmm. but now I have more peace within me. Mm -hmm. I feel like such a weight's been lifted off of me. And for those of you who don't know, I had a cancer scare and I was talking to Deneen right after and she was like, what? So when I found out that I didn't have cancer, I think that lifted a whole lot off of me, mm-hmm. you know, and then I had to also realize that I can't be everything to everybody and that lifted off of me, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just so many things that have lifted up off of me, but I had to be willing to allow them to lift. I had to be willing. Oh, definitely. So. And and that's what God uses different things in different people's lives to say, do you trust me? And will you do what I'm asking you to do? I know for me, it was my diagnosis with multiple sclerosis. And that happened 17 years ago. And I was going along fine. Mm-hmm. I was, a, you know, I was going to church. I was a good Christian. I thought I depended on God. But when I say, when he smacks you upside the head and says, do you really trust me? that I went to a level of intimacy with him that I had never experienced before. So I know he uses physical things. Mm-hmm. Yours, it was a relief. And you felt that weight lifted lift off, right off. And you were able, because you felt that, you were able to lift some things off to other places in your life. So he used that one thing to be able to give you the freedom in some other areas of your life. So it's not always a physical thing. It's not always a loss. Sometimes it is a relief type yes. of thing. So don't, I mean, a lot, a lot of people I think in their minds think if I don't do certain things the way God wants, he's going to smack me over the head. But that's not what happens. He does what we need based on our personality, based on what's going to give us mm-hmm. the biggest lesson that we need to learn. <laughs> We have only a few minutes left here, Denine. So could you please share how someone can join Grow From Your Overflow or your Audacious Faith community? So we are switching over into the Audacious Faith community, but we still have our in-person uh, networking and mastermind here in Metro Detroit. And it is just uh, opening up to be something uh bigger than I could ever be because there's going to be a lot more experts to help people along. But here in Metro Detroit, we meet, uh, like I said, once a month, once a month in Auburn Hills and then again in Southfield. And we have the beauty of bringing our challenges to the table and getting that wisdom circle to give us ideas and really break through where we're stuck. And it might be something in our business and it might be something in our life because we are sisters. We are love logical and we want to help in all areas of life. So we've done things from helping people have ideas about babysitters to, you know, what's going to be on my website kind of marketing, everything, all types of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so you can go to DeneenTB.com and you can go under the events tab and see all the things that are happening there. Um, this week on Thursday, we have our Auburn Hills meeting. And then next week in Southfield and in Rochester, we have our empowerment lunch and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those are other times to just come together. I like to say our empowerment 
um, events are basically for education and networking because I've always got to throw some kind of education in there for everybody. Mm -hmm. So those things are happening. And we're opening up to this new Audacious Faith, which is a global community of women who are really covenant sisters. So they fit right in with the love logical. They really do. I've looked into it. And I'm just like, it is what we want to help teach women how to show up for one another in a way that maybe they've never experienced before with women because we know how women can be. Yes. So that's what I love. So I would love to talk to anybody that's interested. Um, I have 30-minute free uh, clarity uh, conversations. And so, again, you can see that on DeneenTB.com under the work with me, and you can sign up for that. And I'd just like to have a conversation with you and see where you are, what you need, what kind of clarity you need. I may or may not be your coach, but I definitely know that this community is for every Christian businesswoman and entrepreneur that's out there. Okay, Janine, can you put the link for the mastermind and for the tea, the luncheon next week mm-hmm. on on my Facebook yes, page? Yes, I will do that. And that way people can go to the Facebook page mm-hmm. and, and you can come and join us. I will be at the mastermind and I know a lot of people are having mastermind meetings now, but I truly enjoy the fact that Whatever your problem is, you present it and you have, you know, X amount of time and everyone at your table takes time to share how they have somehow overcame Mm -hmm. what it is that you're going through. They give suggestions and I've, I left there with a lot of input, you know, and for those of us who get overloaded with information and stuff, don't feel bad if you have to go back and ask again. Right. Because they're going to be there for you. I mean, we are women who are so busy. We do forget sometimes. Well, I'll tell you, before I started my uh, YouTube show, I started it back in September. I had been talking about it in the circle for like eight months. And finally, they all just <laughs> looked at me and said, Deneen, just do it. Because I had every aspect I would come and ask them about it. What do you think of this? What do you th-? They're like, just do it already. So yes, you can keep bringing the same thing, same, just little pieces of it so that we can help you just bring that whole vision to fruition. <laughs> okay, so you heard her here. It's Deneen, D-E-N-E-E-N, T as in Tom, B as in boy, dot com. Dot com. That's so, very easy. <laughs> yes, very easy. So I would like to thank you for listening to us tonight here at the Love Logical DNA Not Required podcast. And Deneen came on and she was saying, okay, I want to make sure that I get Love Logical. Do you get it now? I think I get it. I think she got it. <laughs> See, I knew that she would get it because I also know she's very much so Love Logical. And thank you. And I want you to be able to explore the Love Logical within you as well. And that's your non-biological family, foster, adopted, blended, and extended. And for you businesses, treat your clients your customers like family and your love logical too. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. This is Michelle L. Anderson and have a wonderful week.